He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance, and for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us and God is in all truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Some years before, 
he connected a means he, he developed the means of connecting various uh sites together through what he called the world wide web and now everybody and their mama is on the internet <laughs> the world wide web and thanks to him we have instant 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 stars because of things like youtube we have instant stars because of things like this block talk radio which individuals like myself could just get on uh, and don't even get me started on the numerous numerous internet churches <laughs> cyber churches cyber ministries uh, facebook profiles and pages where people or anybody they want to be because of the World Wide Web. Now, I'm indebted to the World Wide Web. I'm indebted to the World Wide Web because uh, it's helped me through my um, matriculation in graduate school with my uh, master's and doctorate degrees, both earned online at an accredited school, not not at a regionally accredited school. And I had to rely heavily on the World Wide Web to do serious scholarship academic research so i just thought i'd throw that out there <laughs> but happy birthday to the internet and i, I don't have anything no great montage <laughs> a commemoration but it is what it is uh i've gone too far but let's go to the lord in prayer real quick and we've got some good things we're going to talk about today and um if you haven't heard some of the news we're going to talk about, well, it'll be news for you, thanks to the World Wide Web. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you so much for your grace and mercy allowing us to be able to do this. Thank you for your 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 um, creation. You are the one who gives gifts to men. You give us wisdom and intellect, and you gave wisdom and intellect to those who developed the tools that we use to make this broadcast possible. We thank you, God, for all that you have done, all that you will do now. Let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. Lord, our rock and redeemer. Amen. Well, here's some of the news that we're going to talk about today. Um, the biggest story, of course, is uh, with Pastor Joel Osteen and the Lakewood Church robbery. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about um, Pastor Marvin Sapp, the rumor that was going on about him. Uh in relation to uh, uh, Dr. Talika Patrick and her, missing, uh, her disappearance. We're going to talk about that. Also, the biggest, uh, the, 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 the main topic of discussion is the question we're asking. And the question we're asking today is should uh, uh, pastors use uh, the church's money for personal or professional uh, side gigs? I guess that's the, <laughs> that's that's the question we're asking. Uh, should the pastor be able to do a profession? You know, should the church fund the pastor's extracurricular activities? Uh, and, and maybe I'm stretching a little bit, but we'll talk about that at the bottom of the hour. Uh, but again, we're going to jump into these first two stories that have been making headlines uh, as of late. The first being um, uh, Pastor Marvin Sapp and. Um, if you, you remember the story, uh, a young lady, uh, Dr. Talika Patrick, uh, she's a medical doctor. She moved from California, I believe it was, to uh, Michigan in the hopes of gaining her love interest, who was Dr. 
Marvin Sapp, Pastor Marvin Sapp. And apparently it got to the point that um, she was stalking him, and he had to take out a um, a restraining order against her. Um, and uh, and 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 that. She was she disappeared. She you know I I forgot the details of the state of the case, um, but you can go back and read up on it and follow up on it, and you will see what happened with her and her family. Are they're still searching? She has not been found. And just a few weeks ago, there was a rumor that was going on that was saying. Um, that Marvin Sapp was the main primary sur- suspect in her disappearance. And that story circulated on the World Wide Web. <laughs> you see, I'm, I'm throwing in that plug all the time. Uh, that story circulated on the World Wide Web for several weeks, uh, a couple of weeks, and insinuating that he had something to do in her disappearance. Uh, and it has come to be discovered that that is false. Uh, the Grand Rapids uh, sheriff, sheriff and other authorities have dismissed Pastor Sapp as a suspect and are relegating him to the role of simply a victim. However, there are many who are still trying to um, connect the dots whatever they may be, and coming up with conspiracy theories and whatnot as to his involvement in her disappearance. Uh, the, the rumor was that they had, they were having an affair, and, you know, he didn't want to continue. She wanted it to continue, and that the last time that she was seen, she checked in in a hotel about uh, a short drive from where she lived, and that she went there to meet him and so forth and so on. That was the last time she was seen. That None of that has been validated. Uh, and, again, uh, as, as far as the report today, uh, as of right now, uh, Dr. Sapp and any of his associates uh, have not been named in that matter. So you can lay that to rest. You can lay that to rest. Uh, he was not has not been named in that as a suspect in that in that thing. But you you can see how things persist. Um it, it, uh he he was never a suspect to begin with. But rumors persist. Rumors persist that that is the case. Uh but again, that is not the case. He is not a suspect. So I just want to clear that up and let that let that soak you know, soak in some people's head. That, and there's a funny story that uh, <clears throat> it just came up. The the funny story uh, about a pastor in Africa who I don't know really how to put this, but he has been uh, encouraging his female members to attend church without their panties. And his rationale for this was so that God could come into their body. <laughs> so God could only come into your into your body to feel you if you don't wear panties. I tell you, the 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 scary thing about this 
It's the funny thing about this, and this is a scary thing too, is that some women have actually they did not protest. Some, you know, adhere to their pastor's uh, desire. Now, I ain't gonna lie to you. I cannot fathom any any woman volunteering to um, attend church with no panties. Not saying that they they don't. I'm probably sure there are some women who do. I, I, I do not want to know. I do not want to know, but I'm quite sure some, some, uh, some do. But for a pastor to suggest that the only way a woman can uh, entertain the spirit of God, <laughs> and I'm going, I'm, I'm, I'm being light with this, is to, is by allowing said woman. Uh, to go to church penniless, and I'm quite sure, I am quite sure that those guys at that church are getting a good, good, good look, if nothing else. <laughs> but you know, I, I, again, when you're talking about untrained ministers and ministers who are who who just it is their goal. I I I say it, and I, again, I'm, this is very general. Is their goal to be perverted and allow their perversions to be expressed? Uh, that that's what happens. You you you'd be surprised how many pastors, well ministers, not necessarily pastors, but how many preachers, when it comes down to sexual misconduct in the church, how many there really are. Um, I, I was reading on. One page where uh, there's there's this there's this one page that I I, I follow. Uh, it's called Church Folk Revolution. If you ever get a chance, uh, go by there. It's preacher, pimppreacher.com, dot com. Church Folk Revolution. You go there and hit uh, this this group. They they manage to keep up with all of the unsavory stories across the body of Christ, mostly about pastors and their sexual immorality or financial immorality, whatever it may be. But there are a number of pastors who be, who have been arrested just in these last several, in these last few months of twenty fourteen who have been arrested um for various acts of misconduct. Per, particularly sexual misconduct, mostly with children and um some with a, adults. But it is what it is. So uh, you, you you can never really know what what preachers if they're called or not. But anyway, I digress. I'm gonna take a quick break, and when we come back from the break, uh, we'll get into the next two uh, next story about. Uh, I'll just touch on uh, Joel Osteen's church, and um, we'll we'll go into the topic of the day. So. Stay tuned. We got a lot more to go into, and I'm glad that you're joining us, and we're looking forward to a wonderful, wonderful show. We'll be back right after this break. Right. May I? 
too long. People have settled for single miles. With the Capital One Venture Card, you'll earn double miles on every purchase every day. Hawaii, here we come. So sign up today for a Venture Card at CapitalOne.com. And start earning double. What's in your wallet? Can you play games on that? Not on the runway. What's something that's slow that you wish was fast? Turtle. Really? A turtle? Yeah. And what about you? I'd rather be a slow turtle. Well, mmm. I know why. Because when you're slower, you won't have to get in the street as fast and get ran over. But if you're a slow turtle and you're in the middle of the street, what happens? Austin? Exactly. It's not complicated. Faster is better. And AT&T is the nation's fastest 4G LTE network. At Farmers, we make you smarter about insurance because what you don't know can hurt you. What if you didn't know that posting your travel plans online may attract burglars? Off to Hawaii. What if you didn't know that as the price of gold rises, so should the coverage on your jewelry? Ah. What if you didn't know that kitty litter can help you out of a slippery situation? The more you know, the better you can plan for what's ahead. Talk to Farmers and get smarter about your insurance. We are Farmers. Bum, ba -dum, bum, 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 bum. With the Name Your Price tool, you tell us what you want to pay, and we give you a range of coverages to choose from. Who is she? That's Flobot. She's this new robot we're trying out, mostly for, like, small stuff. Wow. Look at her go. She's pretty good. Pretty good. Hey, Flobot. Great job. Oops. Uh-oh, Flobot is broken. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. Call or click today. It's our favorite, yours and mine, because we found it together on a walk, 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 love to walk, a long walk, a, a walk with you, a walk I smelled squirrels on, but I stayed by your side because I could tell, could feel that you had a bad day and me being bad wouldn't make it any better. But being there was already helping a little anyway. And then we found that wonderful thing waiting there, waiting for you and me. And you smiled and threw it. And I decided right when I picked it up, I would never, ever leave it anywhere, ever. Because that wonderful bouncy roll around thing had made you play. And that had made you smile. Put more play in your day. Beneful. Play. It's good for you. to zero today i'm host pastor lorenzo neal and we want to say thank you for joining us this morning i was jamming through that i mean i love that little f that that one right there that that made me move i thought i was going to be doing a robot and whatnot 
<laughs> if you could see what I was doing during the break on that. Uh, anyway, I digress. Anyway, it's I forgot to mention it is Lent season. I wasn't on the air last week when uh, on Ash Wednesday, but it's Lent season, and um, I know a lot of people, especially Christian believers, are taking it upon themselves to give up something. And uh, if you are giving up something, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's a sign of sacrifice. It's a sign of repentance and all of those things. I'm not giving up anything this year. I, uh, I, for some time now, I have, I've, get, I've gotten away from giving up something. I, I have fasted on just about everything you can imagine. You know, I've done the 40-day fast. I've done <laughs> the Daniel fast. I've done the 30-day, 20 fast. You know, I, I, I've, I've done the, fa- the, the Catholic version of Lent. I've, I've celebrated it, observed it just as a Catholic tradition. Uh, you know, so yeah, that kind of grows old. And this year, I, I've taken upon myself to be more, uh, instead of giving up something, I am going to be a giver of something and um i've been doing random gifts you know uh, kind of random acts of kindness kind of things and um and it's been blessing me to be able to bless others and uh, you know i i want to encourage you to do something like that during this lens you don't necessarily have to give up something uh you know you don't have to uh 40 days is a long time i've been i've been i get tweets and uh I see some of my friends' Facebook posts who have given up. One of my friends decided to give up smoking. Another one decided to give up. Uh, her her thing was um, the Red Bull. <laughs> yeah, and so as a sacrifice, she gave up Red Bull. Another one gave up uh, gave up um, smoking. Another friend, he decided that he was going to stop cussing. And he didn't even make it. All, he almost didn't make it through the first day. I, I, I so you may just I mean I just want to encourage you to do something different for Lent. Lent is about uh it is about drawing to Christ, drawing near to God and not so much as uh drawing away from from him and being selfish. The other thing I want to take time out to invite you uh we're doing a Lent revival at my church, New Bethel Amy Church this need starting tonight. Uh at seven o'clock, if you're in the Jackson Metro area, come on out. Uh, it's tonight, tomorrow, and and Friday night. You'll be blessed. And I'm preaching tonight, so that should be an incentive right there. Uh, anyway, back to the show. Back to our regular scheduled program. Before the break, we were talking about um, we were talking about the preacher and the panties and and Marvin Sapp. But the biggest story that has that's been going on the last couple of days, particularly, is one that involves Pastor Joel Osteen of Lakewood Church in Houston, Texas. And if you're not familiar with him, he is he is one of the most popular ministers today on the planet. Uh, he is the pastor of the largest church in uh, the United States. Uh, Lakewood Church boasts about 50,000 members, and give or take. Maybe you know I may be off, but uh, the numbers fluctuate. You know, <laughs> some people join but never really attend. But the numbers are closer. It is the largest uh, Protestant. It is the largest Protestant um, church in the United States, and I think it's a close second, followed by. Um, Color, a couple other churches, all in Texas. Texas has mega churches. You got TD Jakes with over thousand, thirty thousand members. You have um, both Ed, um, both the Eds, father and son. I can't think of the names right now, but one is in Houston, and the other one is in Dallas, and several other campuses. But both of them, 
they they have mega churches. But what's making the news right now with Pastor Osteen is that on the weekend his church was robbed for hold your breath six hundred thousand dollars. That's a clean sweep for so whoever robbed that store that church. Six hundred thousand dollars in tithes and offerings collected by members uh, who wrote it down on uh, slips, either their checking account or their debit credit card information. And so they issued a statement to those persons to uh, kind of monitor their uh, financial transactions to see if anything is uh, out of the ordinary because of this great deal. Now, here's the thing. Uh, the biggest thing is how did that happen? How did such a financial breach occur? Um, someone could walk away with six hundred thousand dollars. Now, mind you, they they that that's not a. It may seem like a lot to us, you know. I, I wish I could say that we would raise my church raised that much in a weekend. Uh, in, in two, three services, I think that's what they have, a Saturday service and two Sunday services or uh, one Saturday night service and uh, one Sunday night service. Either way, is those services. And it was in a safe. So that means the thief, that, uh, thief had it. I, I believe it was an inside job. The thief got access to that safe money, that, those funds in the safe. And because of that, was able to walk away. I, if they spend it, you know they're gonna get caught. If they, I don't know what they, I would. I don't know what I would do. What would you do <laughs> as a pastor? First and foremost, I would. I mean, I would be asking, how did such a breach occur? And I would be reviewing what our systems we are in, are in place to prevent it. You know, supposed to be in place to prevent it. Um, and and, you, and here's, <laughs> this is what made this is what it made me think about. I don't know if you remember the movie First Sunday. It was an Ice Cube movie, but the movie is basically about these two men who, you know, they kind of they don't they don't have much going for themselves. They attend a church service, and they see how much money is raised during the church service, and they come up with a plot to steal the money uh, from the church, and it, it, it turns out to be a, a bumbling robbery, and both get convicted, and they not you know they. I think it was a it's a nice little comedy. If you ever get a chance to go out and see it, uh, it'll, it'll give you a good laugh. It's not much on plot, but it it does have some funny parts in it. Uh, but that's what I think about. You know, that's that's what I thought about when I when I heard about this the first time. Um, that <laughs> you know, I, I was imagining these people visiting the church and seeing how the money was raised and realizing that's a whole lot of money in the pot. <laughs> that whole lot of money in the pot is now gone. Um, and I don't think the average church person is aware of the security uh, process, uh, what, is, what the systems are in place to prevent theft in the church. I, when I talk about theft in the church, I'm talking about internal and external. And we know a lot of preachers, oh, not preachers, but a lot of folks steal from the church. <laughs> uh, there have been several cases that I have I have been involved with where we've had to uh, bring some legal action against persons in the church because they were stealing deacons. When I was in the Baptist church, we had one deacon 
His name was on every account. The pastor uh, had no authority when it came to finance. He wasn't even allowed in the finance room. He didn't know who was how much money was raised. He had no idea of the finances of the church. And this deacon was robbing the church blind. And they didn't know about it until they were about to purchase a new church and realized they had uh, less funds than they thought they had in the building fund. And um, you can imagine how angry that was. And it led to a church split. A split of the church and the pastor. Uh, then had a little integrity, you know, went forth in a different manner. At my church, you know, now I, I'm not directly involved with the finances. I get, I mean, I don't sit in the finance room when they count the money. I get a report every week. I I, I, I have sat in there, but, you know, I don't do it every week. Uh, I, I get a report every week. I, I have persons involved who have integrity on in the finance community. And uh, every penny, literally every penny is accounted for. And when the treasurer takes the money to the bank, he does not go alone. You know, he doesn't walk out of the church by himself with a, you know, with a bag tucked under his coat or under his arm and go to the bank. No, he's escorted and make sure that it's properly deposited and accounted for. And that's one way. I mean, you know, but when you're talking about a church the size of the size of Joel Osteen's, and, and uh, you can imagine, you know, even they, even if they may have an electronic system in place, it's hard. It's it, it, it's hard to uh, to picture how a thief could could violate that. And I would feel violated as a member. I don't know if I I, I wouldn't discourage a member from going. I, I'm sure this is just a one time case, but you know. You have to be – I'm sure more, some members are rather wary, especially if they're large large donator or if they are those who are struggling to to um, give, struggling to commit to their, obligation, their financial obligation of tithing or uh, benevolence and missions and whatever. I don't know what he has, but I'm just saying. It's kind of scary, though. But to think about the internal theft, and the internal theft is 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 worse than the external theft. You know, I have heard of churches being robbed before, um, but but um, not in this not in this way. Um, but and, and you can only pray for you can only pray for the members and the staff because I guarantee. I guarantee you that it was an inside job in this case. Some breach, something, someone assisted in leading to that breach. But, you know, what do I know? I'm not a financial guru, and it is what it is. But we, we just pray that it, it becomes preventable. You know, not reactionary. I, I pray they don't get too harsh and, and double down, triple down on on. <laughs> they may need to do that, but who knows? <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Um, and, and since we're talking, since we're talking about this, um, well, yeah, I, I tell you what, I'm gonna take a quick break. Uh, no, no, I won't take a. I'm gonna I'm do this quick story I just I just came across not long ago that caught my eye, and then we're gonna take a break and go into our last segment, asking the question: uh, Should a pastor 
uh, to the church fund, the pastor's uh, professional or personal side gigs. That's the question I'm going to be asking. But uh, I came across this 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 um, this story <laughs> that really is is both interesting as well as um, uh, well, it's just interesting. What if I told you that be more than just an inside adventure? Yeah. What if I told you that there is a church in Daytona, Florida, that is deciding that it's going to take its ministry and mission outside the walls of the church, literally, and become a drive-in church? You remember the old movie theaters, the old movie drive, drive-in movie theaters from the fifties, sixties, and and there are some, there are pockets of some still today where you you know you drove in in your car and you have your girl on the side and you put speaker onto the window and the big you know you saw the big projector, the big screen projector, and you can only see them at night, and 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 you see all the movies under the stars where a pastor in in Daytona, Pastor Bob Kemp Baird in Daytona, Florida, has launched his own drive-in church. Yeah, I think that's a good concept. I, I, you know, Florida, you think about Daytona Beach, you know, good weather, you know, good times and fun under the sun. And so they're already used to the weather, they're already used to the environment, so why not have church outside? Why not bring your, your girl and, you know, cuddle up and, and listen to a sermon? <laughs> but this was, this, this was his way of, you know, it started out as youth church, uh, you know. Uh, so they decided uh, one of the ways to prevent molestation, child molestation, and, and I'm, I'm not kidding. This was one of the, the one of the things that he uh, he said that he it was a way of preventing child molestation. That uh, this is how it, they they figured that if people drive to church on Sunday, they could just sit outside for an hour long service. It would be uncomfortable. You don't have to sit in those pews. <laughs> Wouldn't have to uh, you know you don't have to worry about the acoustics. Anything like that? Yeah, yeah. I, I think they might judge you the car you drive in. But uh, anyway, this is way. This is what he thought. Um, he said, "This is how it works." Uh, uh, most people drive to church. Here, the church attendance um, is increasing because people park in rows facing an altar on the balcony of an old drive-in theater, and. To hear the service, they switch on their radios. Cool. That is a really cool approach. And it, it, it provides, he says, it provides a uh, a feeling of presence, uh, the presence of the holy in that place, a feeling of community. And it is very, very, uh, you know, it brings back some sentiments for some of the older members. <laughs> But if you ever, uh, it's it's called Drive-In Christian Church, uh, and, and from what members say, it works for them. One member who's following stage four cancer says she was attending the church. She's been attending the church during a year of chemotherapy, and she said 
because she couldn't get out of, you know, it was hard for, it was difficult for her to get out of her bed, much less to get into a pew. And this is the one way of her coping and being able to receive uh, ministry while uh, coping with uh, this cancer. And there's another one who, um, uh, there's, uh, there are two other members uh, who are legally blind. It says that their ability to walk to the church and hear the service through speakers is important for them. They can carry their, you know, uh, they can. They don't have to feel. They don't feel discriminated against. This is what they say. Um, so it says that it is perfect for them who have children. You know, the children can roam the open space and, uh, you know, hey, if it works, it works. But. I wonder how they do communion. I wonder how uh, our pets allow. Because I'm telling you, if I took Jackson to a drive-through church, it would not. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 you know, it wouldn't work. Uh, it wouldn't work. <laughs> but uh, oh, ooh, I'm just reading this. Ah, the dogs. I checked it out. Okay, here it is. Uh, the church welcomes the whole family, including dogs. Okay, Jackson could come. <laughs> and. When the ushers hand out communions, even dogs get treats. Man, Lord, I think I'm going to take Jackson to this church. <laughs> I just thought I'd share that little whimsical story with you. I'm going to take this break and let that marinate for you. It give you might give you some ideas. <laughs> might give you some ideas on how to start a church if you can find one like that. So we'll be back right after this. Jackson State University is not just another university. It's a community. It's a family. And that's not all. Jackson State University is a national leader in biomedical research and development. With world-class science, math, engineering, and technology departments. At Jackson State University, we're leading the way in technology and innovation. One Jackson State University, changing lives one student at a time. In football, is it better to be more reliable or less reliable? If they can count on you, you can play. But if you can't, you're on a bench. Ben Tour means what my dad says. Oh, does your dad play football? No, but he watches it on the couch. Oh, so he's a couch warmer. I thought it was funny. It's not complicated. More reliable is better. And AT&T is the nation's fastest and now most reliable 4G LTE network. What's something that's slow that you wish was fast? Turtle. Really? A turtle? Yeah. And what about you? I would rather be a slow turtle. Well, mmm. I know why. Because when you're slower, you won't have to get in the street as fast and get ran over. But if you're a slow turtle and you're in the middle of the street, what happens? Austin? Exactly. It's not complicated. Faster is better. And AT&T is the nation's fastest 4G LTE network. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. 
at the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. I'm part of a place where I'm always challenged to do more. I am a part of a place where I can be involved. I'm a part of a place where everything is possible. I'm part of a place where champions are made. At the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, you can get an affordable education with competitive degree offerings, diverse student population, and stellar faculty. Become part of a place where you can get everything you need to succeed. Become a part of the pride at the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. Welcome back to Zero Today. Again, I'm your host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. I've been having fun today. If you haven't noticed, I have been having a lot of fun with this show today. Um, I've been out. I've been sick. I've been under the weather. I'm just glad to be able to broadcast. And I'm going to be honest with you. I wish this weather would make up its mind. Um, It's been hot. It's been cold. It's cold and windy. It's rainy. And again, my sinuses are acting up. But that's personal. I just that's I know that's too much information. I just thought I'd be in for a second there. But anyway, you welcome back. We're glad that you joined us. We're excited about you. Listen, if you've ever missed any shows, you can catch a, catch any archive show simply by going uh to blacktalkradio.com slash zero today and you can see all the archive shows. You can go to iTunes and download any past archive shows all the way back to two thousand and ten. It's hard to believe that in June we would have been four years on the air. I'm excited about that. But so thank you again for your support. We're talking today uh, as we've uh, a topic, a uh, subject today, a question today. We're asking is uh, should the church fund uh, the pastors, the ministers, uh, professional or personal side gigs? And I, I ask this because there's a couple of questions. There's a there's a there's a story that just got leaked on the web, the World Wide Web. Happy 25th birthday, World Wide Web. Uh, <laughs> there's a story that just got leaked about a uh, prominent pastor. Um, you probably have heard of him. You probably not have heard of him, but Pastor um, Pastor Mark Driscoll who is the pastor of Mars Hill Church and its subsidiaries in uh with the main campus in in uh Seattle, Washington. Um Mark Mars Hill, the brand Mars Hill has garnered a large reputation among uh contemporary evangelical circles because Pastor Driscoll is known for uh sound theological teaching and preaching with a little bit of an edge and he's he's not so much confrontational but he's one of those uh, he's uh, one of those uh, young leaders of what was then called the emergent movement even though he never really associated with that emo- that movement but he grew out of his ministry grew out of that uh, that type of movement where uh, the young evangelical leaders were questioning the the old 
traditional and uh, kind of deviating from some of the ways. Anyway, uh, Pastor Driscoll is a best-selling author, New York Times best-selling author, but it has been leaked that um, the church fronted $210,000 of tithes and offerings to um, help get his one of his books on the New York Times bestseller list. Now, let me say it again. What they did was the church fronted $210,000 to advertise, to persuade, to do whatever, it, you, know, whatever you, you do to make a book become number one on the New York Times bestseller list. And so this was leaked, and he's coming, he's facing a lot of scrutiny about this. And now, if you're not familiar with uh, Pastor Driscoll, just about a year ago, if not not even a year ago, uh, just recently, he came under fire for uh, uh, at, for well, basically being accused of plagiarism, and he did what most preachers do when we when we write things um, when we write things we we don't always uh, give credit, especially in sermons. We don't always give credit, you know, or uh, cite. Sources and references. We don't have to in preaching, but you know, in the academic world, uh, that solidifies credential, you know, credibility. And uh, his last book, he he was cited as having plagiarized some some parts of that, and he got a lot of criticism from that. And now this, uh, he's receiving criticism for his church fronting money to help him get on the best-selling list. Now. I, I'm not. I'm, I'm kind of torn because uh, when I asked the church fund the pastor's professional or personal side gig, uh, I have to look at myself because uh, the show that I do, while I fund it myself, the church indirectly funds it. Uh, I'm a full-time pastor. I receive all of my income from church-related activities. And I say church-related activities because it's not always preaching, although a great deal, you know, my primary responsibility at the church is administrative and preaching. And I draw a salary from that. So the salary that I get from the church, uh, in this case, funds, uh, provides the funding for me to carry on this broadcast. And it costs for me to do that. I don't have sponsors yet. I don't have, you know, I don't solicit advertising yet. I may consider that. I'm seriously thinking about that. But as at present, I don't do that. You know, this comes out of my pocket. I published a book in 2010. I self-published it, 2010. And at the time, I was pastoring a church. But the funds for that book, I paid directly. But the church indirectly supported because in two ways. One. You know, again, I drew a salary from the church, and the second way is that the members purchased copies of that book uh, once once it was completed, published, and you know, printed and whatnot. They purchased copies of that book. So again, indirectly, they were funding they were funding you know my my enterprise. Now, they did not, and I don't suggest any pastor do this. And I, I, they did not go into the church treasury. And give me money to uh, do either the uh, the projects that I did with the book or with this this program. And the allegation that the church 
went into their per- the church's funds to do that for his professional for his professional game. It's kind of you know it it's on that thin line. There's nothing illegal about it. It's not illegal. And um, but uh, you know you have to ask the ethical question. You know should the church? He founded the church. He started the church. He receives a salary from the church uh, and whatnot. But he did. It is not. Is not um, the article that I'm reading here does not imply that he solicited the church to to do that. He did not. It does not imply that he went to the church board, uh, his elders, or his finance committee and and asked them to uh, to do that. It doesn't supply, and I'm not going to even apply that. But um, just the fact that the board decided to do so, uh, and, and and the board decided to do so, kind of goes in question because it's a matter for me. The the question is: Is it about the pastor's popularity to increase the church's notoriety and uh, or, or following? Or increase the pastor's following, or is it really a, just a greater uh, a way of sowing into that pastor's gift? You know, um, my church, and again, it's a thin line here. It's a thin line. Uh, my church indirectly supports me in my personal and professional uh, side gigs, indirectly because again, I live off them. As as Paul writes, you know, uh, writes that the laborer is worthy of the reward, um, and you know, if the you shouldn't muzzle the oxen and so forth and so on. There's several other scriptures I could go into, and I'm I'm really paraphrasing them. Supporting the ministers, supporting the ministers. Uh, I know of horror stories where ministers and and of course uh, we go back to this preachers of L.A. kind of thing, where pastors uh, have gotten re- wealthy off the funds from the church and those churches are funding their lifestyle literally you know they buy the house and i was at a church where where um the pastor he was very nice uh, you know he he had it going on good preacher good singer he was a musician and all of that um deep reputable you know well i won't say reputable but (laughs) you know he was a he was a recognized man of god and the church was the church I mean it was the bumping church for all the college kids we would go there on Sunday nights because the choir was jumping and all of that you know it was the it was the place to be it was a club atmosphere there the pastor wanted to live in a new home and so he told them where he wanted to live and it was in an exquisite neighborhood in Little Rock Arkansas and it was a wealthy neighborhood he found a house and the house was a million dollar house he came to the church, and he said he wanted to buy the house, and he solicited the church to help him. And they were literally raising money, and I was one of them who gave money toward the down payment for this million-dollar house. We raised $100,000 to get them in the house, and he got into that. He did eventually move into the house, and none of us ever got invited to it that I can recall. <laughs> but my point was that was wrong. And if I had known then what I know now, I would not have supported that because literally during the services, they were raising, you know, you weren't giving an offering to support the church. You were giving an offering to go to help him get into the house. That was wrong. 
that was that was just direct ethically you can you name it it was wrong across the board but this pastor did that and i like so many others uh thought we were blessing the man of god and we went on and i we went on and did that uh in this case uh the board voted to support the ma- the pastor's ministry by doing uh by doing whatever they could to promote the book and which is basically what they did they did not buy off anybody they just uh you know they promoted the book in a in aggressive manner and it ended up costing $210,000 now that was not all at one time it's just over a matter of time as a matter of promoting the book and the book was about marriage and um I forgot exactly but you could go to um what's that uh I don't want you to go to the preacher pimp uh pimp preacher because that that's is rather scathing but you could look up um look up the article you just look up pastor mark Driscoll and you'll come up with some uh come up just google it you'll find it <laughs> that's that's the easiest thing to do but um in this case would you if you knew your pastor had a side gig in other words your pastor was a full-time minister is all of his income came from the church and as a side gig they wrote books they uh had a a band <laughs> a music group or something like that or they you know any other thing, and I'm not talking about a secular career. I'm not talking about there, uh, like I was a, you know, I was a, a teacher, and um, something like that. I'm not talking about if they had a professional secular career. I'm talking about if their their whole income came from the church, and as a means of supplemental income, they had various side projects that they did outside of businesses, or or if they did do like. MLM businesses, multi-level marketing business. Would you do you think it's fair for the church to to buy into those products, buy into that uh, that pastor side gig? I I, I me personally, uh, I I I I cannot. I do not see anything wrong with it if the church, uh, the body itself. You know themselves, if they come to a conclusion that they believe it would enhance the ministry of the pastor and the church, then yes, that that you know they probably would do it. But again, it's a thin line because you have to you have to factor in: is there are they trying to develop a cult of personality? Because what is the pastor doing? Is the pastor trying to brand himself or herself? That you have to ask that question. If they're building a brand for themselves at the expense of the church, then they are in violation. Uh, me and my personal thing, I think they're in violation. And I have to say this because I have to watch myself. In Scripture, you not find Christ was famous. In Mark chapter 1, you find where it says that Christ's fame spread. Uh, the, he, he literally, you know, it really spread. He was a famous man. But yet he did not exploit that fame for wealth. And what we have here in, in contemporary, particularly in contemporary American church, we have people who are uh, ministers who are exploiting their fame for wealth. And one good example, well, not not a good example. Let me leave it alone. I'm going to leave that alone. Uh, but um, should the church do that? And, and, and the secondary question is that if it is successful, for example, my members purchase 
copies of my book. I did not beg them, uh, but they saw the product and they wanted to be blessed. They thought, you know, it was, and they they knew it was it was going to be helping helping me, and they purchased it. And they spread the word. They shared their books. You know, they shared. Now, my pastor wrote a book. You ought to get it. It's a good read. And, and things like that. So other people purchased it. I, I gave most of them away. <laughs> but you you understand what I'm saying? That was indirect. And think about the singing preachers. All these singing preachers who make their CDs. Or all the preachers who record their messages. And then, you know, they may have a uh, television ministry. And their messages are products that they are sold, you know, being sold. And it's, and the church is the primary primary uh, conduit by which this is going on. You know, those are the kind of things you have to, you have to question. It's, like I said, it's a very very thin line. I don't see I don't see how it was wrong particularly, but maybe maybe you do. And um, let me know if you do. You can if, if um, oh here's a, someone in the chat. If they were just fronting the money which means they were just putting up the initial investment until he could repay it in full, then I don't think there's a real problem with it. Apocalypse, I agree with you. That is, that is the case. That That is exactly what I'm saying. If they're fronting the money, if they're putting it up to assist the pastor in the endeavor, there is no problem with that. Now, But if they are completely funding, like I said the, when I used the example of buying the house, buying the preacher's house, not supplementing his income so that he could do it, or not giving him a, or her a housing allowance so that they could uh, purchase a home for themselves. But uh, you know, if it's a, if they're seeing it as an investment into the pastor's ministry to enhance the overall ministry of the church, then yes, it, 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 I would see it that way. Um, it, I, I don't see a problem with it. But again, uh, if the pastor is exploiting the church and strong arming the church and his members to commit their donations, their tithes, their offerings to his or her personal or professional project for his or her personal or professional gain without reinvesting it back into the church, then it is very outright wrong. You have a lot of churches doing that. Thank you, Pablo. I appreciate that comment. If you got any others, um, feel free to share. Um, we're running out of time, though. But you can always shoot me an email. You can always leave your comment on the Zero. Uh, go to the Facebook page, Zero Network. You can leave a comment about the show on that page. Um, you can leave a comment on the uh, the show site on blogtalkradio.com slash zero today. Again, you can shoot me an email. Hit me up on Twitter. Uh, I wish I had a little more, more time to, to uh, go into that. But I still would love to hear you, your thoughts on that. Um, but it's a good thing. So uh, we're we're out of time for this week, and the Lord willing, we'll be back next week with something else to talk about. <laughs> There's always stuff to talk about. I just have to find it. So do you. But until next week, we we have ran out of time. Until next week, we're gonna come back on the air with some more good stuff for you. But until then, stay blessed, stay up, and stay high. Uh, not high, and that's you know what I mean. Stay good. <laughs> God bless you. God keep you. <laughs>